0: Hi welcome to week two of Church of the Harvest online. We're so glad that you're tuning in from wherever that is. Today we're gonna hear a special message from Pastor Mike. And Before we do that let's jump into a little bit of worship together.
1: Good morning. My name's Jessica, and I'm going to bring you a few quick announcements today. Just because we're not in person and we aren't physically handing you a Connect Card doesn't mean we can't connect with you. You can fill out a Connect Card online at harvestalexandria.com slash Connect Card. This is a great way to get information, updates, all those future events that we're going to have, and also a way for you just to stay connected with us. Another great way to stay connected is emailing in your prayer requests. You can do that at harvestalexandria.com prayer pray first happens here at church at 9 a.m on saturdays if you're not joining us here in person you can join us now live on facebook at 9 a.m also there is so many ways to stay connected with us so whether it's facebook instagram or youtube you can find us at HarvestAlexandria. if you want to be added to our weekly announcement email just simply send an email to office at harvestalexandria.com. Do you need assistance in setting up a reoccurring giving? We have help for you at harvestalexandria.com give. And that wraps up our announcements this week. Have a great week. You can now prepare your tithes and offerings cause I'm handing it over to Paul.
0: Well, good morning church. My name is Paul Bowden. I serve on the guest services team And I'm gonna share an offering message with you from Deuteronomy 28, 12. It says, the Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain in your land in its season and bless all of the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And that section in my New King James Version is actually titled, Promised Blessing for Obedience. Verse 12 says that he will open up to us his good treasure. The excellence of its kind and he opens up the heavens to give our land rain in its seasons so there are seasons can we tell what season we're in now when does God open his good treasure to us in this context it's when we're obedient but I think another accurate answer would be when we act in faith when we're faced with a challenge and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and affect our actions and when we do as will. Tithing is a perfect example of this because it makes no sense to us in the natural that we could peel off 10% of our income and have God bless the 90% that's left over and have the 90 go farther than the 100 ever could. But that's what he does. So can we recognize the season? And this challenging season is the perfect time for us to exercise our faith in our Heavenly Father. And when challenging times hit, And I'm old enough to recognize uh, a challenging time. I've been through a few of them now, most notably 9-11 and the real estate bubble when that burst in 2008. That's when I owned my own real estate company and my wife, Lisa, owned her own mortgage company. Talk about having all your eggs in one basket. And they all broke when that basket hit the bottom. But that's a perfect opportunity to exercise our faith. So can we recognize the season? In a challenging season, we should first look inwardly and make sure that we're protected. Gather our family, make sure we have food, shelter, uh, utilities, transportation, and that's natural, we should do that. And if you're in a challenging situation financially, please reach out. There are services, there's help that we can uh, connect you with. But the question is, what do we do after that? Do we continue to gather to the point of hoarding? Do we continue to worry? Or do we look outwardly to people that we can help to do His will? Let's be generous givers, cheerful givers. Let's lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven that cannot be destroyed. Let's be about our Father's business and watch Him open His good treasure to us so that we can serve His people. Let's pray. Father, I lift up everyone within the sound of my voice. Lord, that is giving. Father, that's acting in faith. Give us the ability to do that. Help us to see opportunity. Help us to see you work in our lives. Father, we give this to you right now in faith, knowing that you love us, that you take care of us. And I pray, Lord, that it'd be a way for people to see you work, a way, Lord, that uh, you would get glory And we pray specifically, Father, for those going through need right now, that you would show yourself strong in their life, that you would uh, bring glory to yourself, and that you would just bless them in every way possible. Keep us safe, Lord, we pray, and go go with us this week. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: Well, good morning. Welcome to Church for the Harvest. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we just so appreciate all of you that have tuned in, and some of you even for the first time, to our Harvest Alexandria YouTube channel. Uh, I'd like you just to click on that if you would and subscribe. One of the things we're going to continue is this video broadcast for many of you have tuned in for the first time and, and, uh, uh, to, to these messages. So we're going to continue, Lord willing, to keep that going. I have a message here I want to share with you, uh, a two-part message this week and next week. Uh, but uh, um, first, I want to just share something funny to, to lighten things up, if that's okay. And uh, I heard about this lady, and she was she, she died, and she found herself standing at the pearly gates. And, and St. Peter said, you know what? You can't come in until you, until you spell a specific word. And she said, well, what word? And he said, well, any word. So she said, love, L-O-V-E. And so he said, great, welcome to heaven. And then Peter said, you know what, can you just take my place for a moment? I have to go do something. So if anybody comes in, just just follow the same procedure as I told you, and they have to spell a word. Well, a few minutes, this lady sees her ex-husband coming up. And she said, well, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I just had a heart attack. I mean, did I really make it to heaven? She said, not yet. And he said, well, why? He said, well, you have to correctly spell a word. And he said, well, what word? And so she, she kind of paused for a moment. Then she said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> well, amen. I'm going to talk to you today. I'm going to pray here in a moment about where is God in the midst of this chaos? Where is he in the midst of this COVID-19? And can we see signs of, of him moving in the midst of this? And I subtitled my message that we will be stronger, not weaker. Stronger, not weaker, because of this virus. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, I humble myself before you. I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. I pray your comfort and all those that may have gathered around the television or, or an iPad or a, a phone. Lord, that your presence right now would flow through me into their living rooms, wherever they're at in their workspaces. With their family, Lord, I bless them now. I pray your presence come upon them. In your peace at this time, sharing your word. Thank you for your grace and your anointing to declare your words here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So where is God, you know? Where is God in all this? My text is James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. James 1, 3 and 4. James says, be assured that the testing of your faith... Through experience, reading from the Amplified Bible, produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity in inner peace. He goes on to say, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith Lacking nothing. Wow, what a powerful verse about the testing of our faith and the trials that we go through that that actually God has a plan. In the midst of what the enemy means for evil, I believe God can turn around. Only God can turn around and make good out of that. I want to talk to you about that here today. You know, there was a recent New York Times article in the title said, Where is God in this pandemic? And they answered it and said, the honest answer is, we don't know. And that's just like the world in this. They ask questions when crisis arises and fingers begin to point at religious institutions and the church and and at God. And, you know, why don't you stop this? And in times of great crisis, it's natural and it's normal for people. To ponder and to uh, you know to pose a lot of these questions about where is God and what is God doing? Why isn't He helping us? And you know I can't I can't see His hand in the midst of this and 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 people they ask you know how could an all powerful God who's Almighty supposedly why would He allow this coronavirus to wreak havoc? Across not just our cities and in our counties in this state and this country, but around the world. How could he allow something like that? I mean, we know just daily and even hourly there's updates on this virus and it's serious. It's very serious. The virus has claimed the lives of Thousands and ravaged hundreds of thousands of people and, and more. Every day we see the numbers going up and in certain segments of, uh, of the world of deaths, which is so tragic. And people want to know and wonder why God won't stop it. Where is God in the midst of this global pandemic? Theological questions of this nature have been asked since the beginning of time. It's nothing new, unexplained tragedy unspeakable suffering, inconceivable circumstances, all kinds have marked humanity down through the years. But, but here's the thing I, I find that's interesting. What's interesting is that it's actually only been in recent years that we've experienced relative peace and prosperity across the globe. You say, say what do you mean, Pastor Mike? When you study history, you'll soon discover that as dire as our present situation is, and as difficult as things are for all of our lives, for all of our lives, the world has faced so much worse in the past. It really has. Let me give you a couple of examples. One of the de- deadliest pandemics occurred between A.D. 249 and 262. It was known as the Plague of Cyprian. It was a pandemic. That afflicted the Roman Empire. We're up to watch this? 5,000 people a day were dying in the empire. Daily. Unbelievable. Tremendous devastation and harm to those communities. But here's what's interesting. When you read about that, it says that even though the non-Christians, they were concentrating on only saving their lives, taking care of themselves, doing what's best for them, hunkering down, Fear for their own life. It was the Christians that remained and served those who were suffering. Wow. That is powerful. That's not only powerful, but that's also convicting. It speaks to me. In the midst of crisis, our heritage as believers and Christians, all the way from the early church throughout history, as Christians rise to the occasion. Christians face their fears, and Christians minister and help others. That's the call for the church today. Can you say amen? Another story, back in the 1600s, there was a a Lutheran German pastor named Martin Rinkhart. And he wrote a real famous hymn, and it's called, Now Thank We All Our God. Some of you may remember that, some of you don't. And it's a hymn of thanksgiving still sung today. I'm just going to read just a part of the chorus. It says, Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things has done and whom his world rejoices, whom from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. You know, when you read that chorus, you just think, well, it seems like this hymn was written on some spring, warm, sunny day. And uh, Pastor Martin is out there with his delicious cup of coffee with heavy cream in it. And it's a cool breeze, and it's just the peaceful still waters, and he gets this hymn from heaven, and that's how he wrote it. My friends, in all seriousness, that's not how it happened. History says from 18 from excuse me, 1618 to 1648 in Europe, and especially in Germany, where he was from was devastated by a famine, a pestilence, a disease, and a destruction called, it was during the Thirty-Year War. In 1636, Martin Reinhardt, the pastor, wrote this hymn. He was the son of a poor coppersmith. He was born April 23rd in 1586 in Germany. Now at this time, when this plague hit, he was a 50-year-old pastor. He found himself ministering in the midst of a horrendous famine and disease. Watch this. At one point, he was the only pastor left in his community. Can you imagine that? They all died. Unbelievable. And he was conducting, it says history, up to 50 funerals in one day. I can't imagine that. This pandemic that struck that part of the world. At one point, history says it got so bad that they actually had to dispose of the bodies in mass graves because they could not keep up with all of the funerals. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, the world may never have remembered Pastor Martin, if it wasn't for him, writing that well-known hymn. That's what we remember. But this man suffered greatly. He was our brother in arms and faith, like many of the believers back then. He suffered during a crisis, but he rose to the occasion. He faced his fears, and he moved forward. You know, as a believer, I believe God is in the middle of everything because the Bible says he's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. What does that mean? It's a theological word. means he's everywhere, at all places, at all times, in every situation. That's what the Bible alludes to. It talks about his omnipresence of the Lord. So that means God is in the midst of the good that happens, And even in the midst of the bad, and yes, even in the midst of COVID-19, God is here. I want you to know that. God is here in our midst. But let me be clear. No evil comes from God. I'm going to say that again. No evil comes from God. I believe the Bible talks about that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And this is what we are seeing. An outleash of the thief, the work in the hands of the enemy. However, no evil can happen without God's permission without God's permission. So despite all the sickness, the disease, the strife, and the suffering, I still believe that God is there and he is here today. He is here with you and I because he's everywhere. As the Bible says, he's omnipresent. So still some say, okay, well, if God is there in the midst, you know, what is God doing during the chaos? Well, I just wrote down a few things and I believe God is currently in every single hospital across our country in this globe. God is there. He's strengthening the doctors. He's strengthening all the nurses. He's strengthening the medical personnel as they treat the sick and the dying. God is there, right there with them. I believe that. I believe God is working through the government's response to this crisis. I believe God is providing our president and vice president and the coronavirus task force. He's given them wisdom and guidance as we continue to pray for our leaders and as they plot and plan their attack on this lethal virus. I believe God is strengthening them and giving them wisdom. You know, if you look at the massive humanitarian effort that's growing and not only in this country but across the globe, you'll see God often in the form of his devoted servants, serving and loving and caring for one another. Yes, I see God at work in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this pandemonia. I see God in the middle of blood drives, I see God in the middle of the hospitals caring for the sick and the infirm. I see God in the middle of food donations where people bring food and, and deliver to the elderly and minister to them. I see God in that. God is in the midst of, of the churches that are, that are praying, that are seeking, uh, that, that, that are doing all they can to relieve the suffering and the pain and the fear in people's lives. You know, uh, sometimes ask, someone asked, you know, what is the church is doing in this community? And, and, and I'm in contact With a a number of pastors here, and and the churches are the churches are doing all their part. They're doing what God is requiring of them. What is Church for the Harvest doing? Well, immediately when this happened, I I assembled a a COVID-19 response care team, and and actually 20 church members jumped on board of that. And and we met this past Sunday and, and, and just connected. And talked about how we can minister to the needs of the church family, the extended church family, and in our community. And some of the things that we came up with, and with our church pastoral care team, and all the members have been called and checked in on, and checked in with their needs, and offered prayer. But uh, Church for the Harvest is helping our church families that have needs, and families inside and outside of the church. Ministry is going up. There's been prayer for the church family and in our nation. Uh, Saturday, we had a Facebook life, and and we'll continue to do that uh, uh, as the Lord leads, and as we pray. Pray of our current circumstance and situation and our crisis and speak words of faith, speak words of hope, and, and we will continue to do that. That's Saturdays from about 9.15 to 9.45 a.m. on Facebook Live, Central Time. Harvest is working with the Red Cross locally, uh, working with some of the directors here of the Red Cross. Many of you know that uh, Red Cross blood drives uh, in the region have just shut down uh, with fear, uh, people need life-saving blood, and so this is where we can feel, uh, not just in the short term, but the long term, harvest can be a blessing to our community and, and to many lives, and, and so we're working with uh, the, the Red Cross to host uh, a Red Cross drive here in our church, here in our church, and we'll pass information how you can be a part of that to help serve during that time. Uh, Harvest is also supporting and continuing supporting community outreaches like the Douglas County Food Shelf and giving donations. That's what they need and to help those that are in need. And, and And we're also continuing our support to missions globally. That's ongoing. That's not stopping. You need to know that. So I want to thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving and to keeping the church going. C.S. Lewis attempted to tackle the theological and philosophical challenge. Of God's role in suffering in in many of his writings. But especially in his book when he writes the problem of pain. And he writes that his wife had recently passed away. And he was grieving the loss of his wife. And and he, 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 he poses a question that's actually quite revealing. Somewhat differently when he asks this question rhetorically. He said the real problem is not why some religious humble, God-fearing, believing people suffer, but why some do not? You know, the answer to that question is easy. I just don't know. I don't know. We've traveled the globe, and we see tremendous suffering in the world, and and people don't even have the means to, they don't have retirement accounts or savings account, or they could never expect their federal government to send them a check for $1,200 or $3,000 for a family, ever they have no hope with their governments of any support but many of them they cling to god they cling to hope in christ and and it's just an amazing an amazing truth that's out there and so why do some not suffer i don't know i don't have the answer for that but i do know that suffering is a little bit like it's, it's, it's like exercise i mean it either makes you weaker or stronger it doesn't leave you the same and so I believe, as I subtitle this message, that we're going to be stronger as the people of God, not weaker as we come through this. I believe that. But you have some decisions that you have to make, each individually, as believers, as family members, as, as, as Christ followers. So when this virus passes, and I believe it will, sooner than later in some places, I believe some of the questions that are going to be out there that we have to all wrestle with is this. What did we do? Hear me as God's people in this time. To contribute, to contribute to our local churches, to contribute contribute to our families and take care of our family members and to 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 contribute to the good of our communities that we live in. What did what did we do? And the second is are we stronger? Are we stronger spiritually? Or do we feel like we just kind of come out of a box hidden and go, well, uh, we made it through that one and whew, survived that one? These are serious questions that we have to ask ourselves when we're faced with. Are we stronger or are we weaker because of this pandemic? You say, well, Pastor Mike, what are you saying? You tell me I need to leave my home and go out there in the midst of it. Not implying that at all. That's not That's not the issue. Many people are more susceptible than others, especially the elderly or those who may be pregnant and and, and, and all of that. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Every single one of us as believers, every single one of us, we can pray for God's mercy for this to end, no matter where you're at. And so I want to encourage you. Are you praying, church? Are you praying that this to end quickly? Many of you are. Many of you are. Many of you, you, we can all create an atmosphere, a at home of faith, not fear. How? You say, well, we can have worship going on. We can have worship music going on, creating a, a positive atmosphere where, where God can speak and move and we can hear his voice more, more clearly. You know what? We can all read God's word. <laughs> Many of us can't leave our homes and, and our places uh, 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 where, where we live. But we can all read his word. We can not only just read his word, but we can get a word. We can get a word in due season. What do you mean? Some of you are just so tormented with fear. You need to find a scripture. And you need to put that underneath your TV screen or on your refrigerator or on your bathroom mirror when you get ready in the morning to prepare for dealing with your children or working at home or wh- whatever you're faced with and some of you you just you really need to grab a hold of God and get some scriptures that speak against fear and release hope as you see those verses you get them into your spirit man and spirit women and your children will watch what you're do- doing your children are watching how you respond in this crisis and We want to respond properly. Can you say amen? So we can all grow ourselves spiritually stronger. And we can lead our families. You know, dads, this is a great time if you got the whole family there and they're sitting down for dinner. Thank God for the food that you have to eat and the provisions that you do have and pray with your families. Lead in that spiritually. This is a tremendous time that we can shine as the body of Christ as we make an impression on the little ones that are watching us in this crisis. They're watching us. So <clears throat> we can all, all of us, we can, we can give of our abundance. And many of us, we, we have an abundance to help others in need. So, so w- w- when, when this ends, w- one of the questions, and it, it's just, it's been resounding in my spirit, man. And, and I, I'm, I'm asking myself this, and I'm asking myself this daily. It's, it's on my mind, and it's this. It's this question. Mike, are you being salt and light In this crisis. Wow. Am I being salt and light. In the midst of this fear and chaos. Or am I just part of the problem. I want to be salt and light. And I believe you want to be salt and light. In the midst of this. Can you say amen. Let's be the salt and light. A voice of hope. In a fear filled society. Romans Romans 15, 13, tremendous verse. It says this, uh, he says, I, I, Paul writes to the church of Rome. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, let's say that again. I pray that God, the source of hope, God is the source of hope, will fill you completely with what? Fear, pandemonium, no. He says, I pray God, the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace. I did a series recently talking about choosing joy, choosing joy. And we'll, Lord willing, upload those videos so you can watch that series, a tremendous series that joy is a choice that we make each and every day. We can either choose joy or pessimism, or we can choose joy or fear. We can choose joy or terror. We have a choice to choose, and how we choose will determine how our life's going to respond in this crisis. So Paul goes on to say, he says that, that, that God is the source of our hope in this verse. He said he will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in him. Because you trust in him. God says, I'm going to fill you with joy and peace. And then he goes on to say, you will overflow with confident hope. My God, we need confident hope today more than ever. Confident hope. Many of you, you say, well, praise the Lord. I'm hopeful. It doesn't show on your face. You really, you don't have that assurance within inside of you. And, and Jesus is here to give you that confident hope in the midst of this crisis. In the midst of this crisis. He says how? How? Through the power, watch this, of the Holy Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we receive Christ and we're born again, the Bible says we receive the deposit of the Spirit within, the Spirit within, and we also preach and teach. We believe there's a subsequent experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit where that deposit within overflows and, and God gives us a, a heavenly language that we can declare and pray the mysteries of God and we can and worship through that. And I just want to encourage you to pray in the Spirit, to pray in the spirit when you feel fear overwhelming you when you hear oh my god it's only just begun in our state and or they shut down the state and next thing you know we're going to have two three hundred beds in the hospital is going to be overwhelmed what's going to happen to us And that's the time for you to pray in the spirit that's the time you to speak to your fear amen church that's what it's there. The Bible says in Jude, building yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to build yourself up. And some of us, we just need to dial down the news. <laughs> just, you need to shut it off. It'll be amazing for you to shut off the news for a whole day. Well, I won't know what's happening. So what? A lot of bad news out there. It's better for you to shut it off for a day, build your spirit man or woman up, and then tune in when you're in faith. Amen? Amen. It's to the power. Confident hope comes to... To us and through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know when I think of Jesus as a child and what He faced, just as a child. Uh, history says that Jesus was born in Nazareth, and he was born into a world of illness and sickness. It's kind of interesting. It said that one historian says, the daily life in First century Galilee, which Jesus lived, it was filthy, it was smelly. And it was unhealthy. Wow. One historian says, first century living, that if you got the case of the flu, just a regular flu, or if you had maybe a bad cold or cough, or maybe you even just had an abscess tooth, all those things could easily kill you, just like that. They didn't have the medical care, what we have today. Wow, amazing. This was the world that Jesus, the baby, the Son of God, grew up in as a child. That's why he could say in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, Jesus can say he understands every weakness, all of our fears. Why? The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are, but without sin. Amen. Amen. So, so next week, Lord willing, if we're doing this uh, video broadcast, I'm going to just, just touch on lightly just some of, some of the whys of why sickness and disease and some of these things strike. And, and from a biblical perspective, it's not exhaustive, but, but I want to encourage you to tune into that. And uh, I want to just kind of close with a, kind of a funny illustration and then close on a serious point here. Two explorers were in a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumped in front of them. Keep calm, the first explorer whispered. Remember what we read in the book on wild animals. If you stand perfectly still, he said, and look the lion in the eye, he will turn and run. Sure, replied his companion, you've read the book and I've read the book, but has the lion read the book? (laughs) Well, yes, that's funny, but it's also true of many people's lives. You know, we have a book. That's more than just a book online. It's the word of God. It's God's word. And God's word is powerful. The word of God says. It's able to divide between soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It's, it's cutting. It's piercing. It's the words of God. They can bring life in every situation or it can bring death in every situation. How you speak God's word into it. Satan wants you to, 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 to bring death in situations. And it's through our words. I want to encourage you parents grandparents, moms, dads, kids, teenagers, young people, get the word of God into your life. Every single one of you need to have a verse during this crisis, every single one of you. What is your verse that God has given you? You say, ah, I don't have one pastor. This is a great time to seek God and get a word for your life and for your family, for your children. Even your kids. Have them say, you know what? You get a word. Ask God. Help direct them. Give them some Bible verses that they can, they can have. And they can put that over their, their nightstand or in their, in their bedroom, on their bedroom door. You say, what are you talking about, Mike? The word of God is quick and powerful. And we need that in our homes at this time to stop fear so we can hear clear from the Lord. So more on a serious note, I want to encourage you. I believe God is saying today, as I conclude, to stop taking counsel from your fears. Huh? What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Stop taking counsel from your fears. I I read read this uh, illustration during the Second World War. A military governor met with General George Patton in Sicily. And when he praised Patton highly for his courage and his bravery, the general replied, Sir, I am not a brave man. This was General Patton. He said, The truth is, I am an utter craven coward. I have never been within the sound of gunshot or in the sight of battle. In my whole life, I was constantly scared and afraid. And if it happened... I had sweat in the palms of my hands. Well, years later, when Patton, auto, his autobiography was published, it contained this significant statement by the general, and he said this. He said these words. I learned very early in my life never to take counsel of my fears. And I believe that's the word for you and I today. Stop taking counsel from your fears. Fears are what's going on globally, what's going on in our nation, what's going on in you know in counties that are you know uh, afflicted with this 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 coronavirus and stop taking counsel from your fears and begin to take counsel from God's word begin to take counsel from praying in the spirit worshipping God during this season for your family get a hold of God in this season 1 John 4:18 and I close with this verse there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear why? Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Amen. Let's pray. Maybe you've tuned in and listened and, and, and you say, Pastor, I, I, I'm living in fear. I am, I'm not right with God and this is driving me what's going on globally to, 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 to inquire. I, I want to know. I, I need to know God and you've tuned in, and, and you've, you've heard, you've maybe said, well, I've heard it all before, but you're in a season right now where your heart is open. The Bible says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. This is a great day. You say, what do I have to do? The Bible says, repent and believe the good news. What is repentance? Repentance means changing your mind. Repentance means stop doing one thing and start doing others. You say, I can't. Uh, I feel like my, my body controls my life. Right, because your flesh has ascendancy over your spirit, man. But when you receive Jesus Christ in your life, God gives you the ability and the power to overcome the flesh. That's a promise in the word of God. That's a fact in the word of God. To repentance means to recognize, all right, I'm a sinner. God's not asking you to clean up your life. He's asking you to give him your life. That's what he's asking for. See, when you surrender and give your life to the Lord, that's when he acts and moves in your life. What does it mean? Believe. Faith is not something that some people have and some people don't have. No, faith is action. Faith is decision. You decide. You, just like you decided to tune in to watch this, this broadcast. Faith is action. It's decision. You decide to believe. You make a decision. And so if you're ready to make a decision to follow the Lord... I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you wherever you're at right there. I want you to bow your head and repeat this prayer after me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm full of fear. I need you to exchange that fear with faith. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Jesus, save me. I give you my life. Fix all what's going on. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. I choose to follow you through all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, if you meant that prayer, uh, we have some resources and we can get to you to help you in your faith journey. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Let somebody know. Maybe you can text somebody you know that's been praying for you and you, you know, they've been sharing with you and tra- witnessing to you. and Let them know. So you know what, I prayed a prayer. I've given my heart to Christ. Or, you know what, I was backslid as a, as a Christian and I've come back to God and, and, and I've surrendered my life afresh and anew. Let us know. Send us an email. Let us know how we can pray for you and we can minister to you. Amen, church. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. If you've liked this message and you believe it would be helpful to someone, it would be a blessing in someone's life, please share it. Send it out there. Let's get the word out. Thank you for your attentiveness, church. We'll keep you posted this week with short little videos, what we're doing, how you can be involved, how we can be a greater blessing, not only to our church family, but the community at large. God bless you. I bless you, church. I speak God's peace over your life and your family. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and soundness of mind. We love you. We'll see you soon. Hey, Church for the Harvest family and friends, thanks for tuning in, watching our service by video and podcast. Uh, You know, even though we're separated, we want you to know that we love you care about you. We're praying for you and believing God that this season of chaos is going to end quickly. But we want you to stay connected. We so appreciate your financial support to keep the ministry going. God bless you as you bless this ministry. And uh, Rhonda has some pertinent information how you can stay connected with us as a church.
1: Hey, if you want to stay connected to us at Church for the Harvest, you can visit our website at harvestalexandria.com. You can find us on Facebook at Harvest Alexandria, Instagram at Harvest Alexandria, YouTube at Harvest Alexandria, and if you would like to be added to the email announcement list and you haven't been already, you can send your email and contact info to office at Harvest Alexandria. Can't wait to meet back with you guys. Have a great week.
2: Thank you. God bless you, and remember the scripture says, peace, be still, and know that he is God. We're praying for you. God bless you, church.